I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. I've nurtured every sensation man has been inspired to have. I cared about what he wanted and I never judged him. Why? Because I never rejected him. In spite of all his imperfections, I'm a fan of man! Welcome to Big Fan Podcast. If we're meeting for the first time, my name is Kevin. And today we have a bunch of Amazon workers. There's been a number of walkouts in Chicagoland area. Before we get into that, uh, could you guys just go around and introduce yourself real fast? Uh, this is John. How you doing? I work at Amazon. Uh, I work at Amazon. I work at uh, Juliet. I'm Dan. You might have heard me before on the podcast. I'm Mario, and uh, I work at Amazon in Skokie, yes. Uh, my name's Drew. I work at the Amazon in Joliet. So in Cicero, Illinois, and Gage Park, they had a walkout recently. Well, I can offer a little background on it. The, the walkout was uh, orchestrated by Amazonians United Chicagoland. They're a group that practices what's called concerted protected activity, i.e., you know, exercising your right to organize at work. Um, and they, it sounds like they had it and they were just up to here and fed up with the way Amazon was treating workers, uh, withholding bonuses, not uh, paying people, like not paying bonuses. Um, people were petitioning for an extra $5 an hour, I want to say. Uh, and just, a, you know, a variety of issues. So they eventually just orchestrated a walkout. I noticed that one of the leaders from Amazonians United, uh, Chicagoland, was a guy by the name of Ted Min. Uh, I recognize that name because I think it was the same week they did that, the NLRB and Amazon, National Labor Relations Board and Amazon, reached a settlement on a nationwide case about uh, violating people's right to organize by kicking them off the property either you know by saying you couldn't be there either 15 minutes before or 15 minutes after your shift i was in that settlement as well i was one of the people that got kicked out of the parking lot so it seems like you know it was a really good timing you know with that in the news uh to stage the walkout they got some positive press and seemed to have gotten some traction on it but with that that that's the situation as i understand it at DLN2, one of the one of the things that they're talking about is uh, they haven't received their bonus that they were promised. And now that brings up memories. I was like, fuck, we're supposed to get a fucking bonus that I haven't fucking heard about and I haven't received it. I, I know last year I got a bonus and I'm pretty sure everybody did. I know everybody did. So what, what do you do you guys hear anything about this? Because where the fuck is our bonus? figured our bonus uh it took like a month or two even though i don't feel yeah. like it really should considering we work for the richest man in the world but that's kind of how i always figured was i mean this could be just my bias showing but i always thought that they would um that they delay the bonuses just in case people leave in the time in the time you know in between so they don't got to pay them out but i haven't heard any talk of bonus though I, usually that stuff's lit up everywhere you know a little bit of incentive Another thing that they were talking about is uh, the workers were permanent workers, and then they were turned into temporary workers. Their benefits are at jeopardy, you know, like benefits coming from bereavement. If like your father dies or something like that, you know, the, the temps, they're not getting this stuff. They're not getting paid for this stuff. Uh, you know, they, 
And if you're not getting these benefits, you might have a problem keeping your job. So these are the things that they're fighting for. One of the other important things is they're fighting for a $5 raise, you know, because they're overworked, they're working an extreme job, and they want what they feel is due to them. I guess what I would say was like, how do we feel? I mean, Kevin, no, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't be talking about people's medical statuses, but a couple of us have been out uh, on COVID. So how do you, I would ask Kevin, like, and maybe some others maybe that have gone through the process, like, how was your COVID process? Um, maybe I'll talk about mine a little bit um, in to, to sum it up, but I feel like um, everything actually went pretty smooth for me until I had to call their hotline. And it took a while. Um, the The wait times on, on on the calls were about two hours. Okay, yeah. I mean, with me, <clears throat> there was they really didn't give me too too much information. I did try to also call this hotline, and uh, from A to Z. And uh, after they were done, like thirty seconds of saying what they said through the robotic system, it hung up on me. It told me it was going to take more than two hours, but it kept hanging up on me. Anybody else have this? Uh, Drew, were you able to get through when you uh, you just had COVID too, right? Yeah, and I don't I don't mind talking about it. I actually uh, I did a public interview about it, uh, so I don't you know cats out of the bag with me. But yeah, I, I said my COVID experience wasn't. I didn't use the word unsatisfactory, but looking back, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, I know that I still haven't gotten my COVID pay, so I don't know if anybody else has gotten that, uh, but it's not a straightforward process, you know, or not, not that it's not, it, it's a jumbled process to me. You yes. got to call, like, you can't just call HR on site and get instructions on how to get all that. You got to call into that line where you wait two hours. I mean, I, I, I had a good line that I, I agree with that Amazon's trying to they're trying to take the human out of human human resources. You know, I got an email that said it's self-service. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I guess that's okay, but you're literally dealing with humans. You might want to have more humans dealing with them. How about you guys? How do you feel about that or how? One of the things that I did know is uh, there was no information. Like I wasn't aware if I was supposed to go get tested again and come back with a negative test which I yeah. had to find I had to find out that like basically if you catch COVID you're going to be testing positive for like three months you know so it's impossible to uh get a negative test so but but the information wasn't out there you know for everybody who knows I'm not vaccinated and Dan's not vaccinated Mario's what are you not talking vaccinated. about don't talk about medical status on air are you scared <laughs> I talked to NBC about, dude. I just talked to NBC about it. I don't give a fuck in terms of my, you know, in terms of in terms of my status. It's out there. So, man, you release my medical information, I'm gonna sue you. <laughs> <laughs> the company can't talk about it. Like we can, you know. You scared, Dan? Your your uh, in laws are gonna hear this. <laughs> man, after you posted that, after you posted the last podcast on my Facebook, it might be, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really. I, I'll fight anyone on the vaccination. I feel like uh, I've only been. I feel like unvaxxed people have only been proven right over the last month or two, and they're only going to be proven right over the next year. 
So I feel like by next by next winter, the unvaxxed people will 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 be will have claimed victory in some sort of sense after how kind of I feel like they've been persecuted. But that's another topic for another day. Yeah, I feel um, like uh, together we'll work together, unvaccinated, vaccinated, create natural immunity for the world. But let's let's hear a little bit about Mario's situation because Mario, I know you uh, caught COVID at work, and uh, you had got you got tested at Amazon, and they informed you through email. No, um, yes, sir. Uh, I had the COVID nineteen at one point in time. And um, what would you like to know about that, sir? Well, I'd like to know you a little bit about your experience. Like uh, you were at work when you were informed, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I took the test actually with uh, Amazon. That's when they were still doing the COVID testing. And yeah. so uh, I got tested there and I was working one day and they called, well, my wife called me and let me know that it came back that I had it from my email. And so um, I hurried home. And before that, you know, you know, you have to tell, I let them know that you I, let, you let who know? Well, I let them know so that I can get off of work because, you know, I don't know if there was no VTO available or nothing like that. And so I had to let them know before I leave. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I done. I let them know. And then I went, I just know I went home and immediately when I got home, I called the number so that they can know that I got COVID so I can say about getting off of work okay and when you were uh, when you were quarantined and you informed your manager about you having COVID were they quarantined also no no she wasn't quarantined okay because that's funny because uh Christian Smalls was and uh Drew can you tell us a little bit about Christian Smalls the Christian Smalls case at, at JFK 8 is the facility, I believe, uh, in Staten Island, New York, definitely in New York. Uh, But the Chris Smalls case was Chris Smalls led uh, some kind of action outside of Amazon. uh, And, you know, because of these actions or because of some actions uh, they cited against him, you know, for violating some kind of safety protocol, uh, they fired him and he filed a case with the National Labor Relations Board and won it, and you know it was found to be that he was unfairly uh, fired. It was some strange. You'd have to, I don't want to steer you wrong, but you'd have to look up the details. But it was COVID related, and it was the first big national story that I remember uh, breaking about Amazon workers kind of you know sticking together and, and speaking up. So a little bit about the details would be Christian was leading a walkout, and they caught wind of it. So, and he was a supervisor. So what happened was they told him he had to quarantine himself because they had, that was their, they had a reason now, you know, and even if it was a good reason or not, they had their reason. So they told him to quarantine. And so what he did was a couple of days later, he continued with his mission and he went on their property and he did the walkout. He didn't go into the building. He didn't, uh, he didn't clock in and they fired him because they were like, well, you were supposed to be quarantined. You, you know, you weren't supposed to be in our building. He's like, I wasn't in your building. I didn't do any work. You know, that's not what I was doing. And he was there for a different reason. And he was fired. That's why he was able to get his job back. Drew, what do you think is, uh, what do you think the company's ultimate objective is uh, about us trying to unionize? 
Why do you think they're preventing it? What's the, is there an overall strategy for it, you think? I mean, uh, what is their strategy? I think it's been putting a company in place for 25 years where you have high turnover and low wages. Um, yeah. And, you know, people like they've been playing a long game on that one where they try to make sure that there's, in my opinion, there's kind of chaos on the shop floor and people turning over, not long-term employment because those long-term employment uh people that are employed long-term might be more likely to unionize, especially if you start capping out after three years for raises. So sure. they want that, that seems, that would be a, you know, a strategy that they would have, you know, and if it's not purposeful, it's just because the bottom line is that keeps their prices, you know, that keeps their expenditures low. Well, I, you know, can I tell you what I think, you know, maybe I'm way off. Maybe I'm just not really, you know, thinking it through, but I mean, um, automation, you know, um, I'm afraid uh, there's, there's, there's nothing but a stall tactic to bring them to the point where automation will just simply replace us. I think everything they're doing is really just theater, you know, resisting. And maybe at the last minute they may give in. Who knows? But I think automation is something we should be concerned about. What do you think? One of the advantages of collective bargaining agreements, whether it's union or non-union, in Europe, they have different types of workers organizations, but those yeah. workers are at the table with the CEOs having conversations about the long-term effects on the labor force of things like automation. Like at the very least, you know, forming a union and, and collectively bargaining with the company, you know, however you do it, you know, can help give us a voice in that process at least we know and i and in terms of that it, the way i really look at it is if you're going to automate then make even more money now try to make as much money as you possibly can in the short term because they're definitely going to get rid of you so how long are they going to have these jobs you you know why why put off the the money so jfk8 i was reading they have um 10 of their workforce is currently out with covid and um we talk about other other areas. Uh, I mean, we know what's happened at Amazon. They rolled back the temperature checks. We used to get um, our temperature checked every day. We used to get. Uh, there was a lot more focus on social distancing. I remember they were they would uh, talk to us about they were going to take our picture on the camera on the TV and they sure. were going to show it to yeah. us and we were going to get in trouble for it. And it's yeah. at least when I started, they were they were really hyping that up and um, staggered shifts. But now they've kind of gone away from this, even though. Though I would say Omicron is not as serious, and I think a lot of people would say is that, though, but the cases have been rising again. Do you feel like Amazon should be bringing back some of these, um, some of these things like uh, COVID testing or temperature checks? Like once a week, every, once every two weeks, you would get a COVID test, you know, free. Amazon was, Amazon had their own company that was making this stuff, and they let everybody go from there, and they stopped their testing program they stopped their protocols for uh, temperature checks and if you look at right now since they've done that COVID is at a high time spike right now and I believe that if they were still doing this stuff they would still be catching it you know they would catch it before I catch it <laughs> you know there's a good chance Mariella, John, Drew, how do you guys feel about the, the rollbacks of temperature checks, social distancing, staggered shifts? I mean, you guys have all lived it. You know, I don't know, man. I mean, it, uh, culturally, I still do certain things, you know. Um, I do kind of keep my distance, do I? but, you know, not completely. But I, I'm aware of certain things. You know, I think 
you know, everyone's going to take a chance regardless if um, they have them or not. I mean, they're going to have uh, people standing around checking everything we do like they did the first time. Is that what you mean? Like that? Yes. Oh, all that, all that hardcore stuff. Um, well, so. I was just going to say temperature checks are the most basic just to screen people that are that have a fever and are sick that shouldn't be at work. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think that's reasonable because nobody wants to catch the flu or the cold either, you know? Exactly. But then they don't give you enough paid time off either. No, and the CDC had, has now just made it go from 10 days you were able to take off to five days. And that feels to me like they're looking out for the economy trying to, but it doesn't help the economy if <laughs> if Kevin still has COVID and he has to go to work because he has you know children to feed and stuff and he'll lose his job if he can't make it into work. You know, should we be getting hazard pay? I believe so. Mario, how do you feel about some of these subjects? You work at uh, Skokie's facility, Amazon right. in Skokie. And do they do testing there? Not no more. They, they was talking about they might bring it back. How did you feel about that when they were doing it? Did you feel safer? Or? Yeah, I mean, because at least you was, at least, you know, you're testing. And, and you're giving them the free test. You know what I'm saying? Because some people... And they ain't got to go nowhere. They at work. They can just go right there and take it. That was Sorry. all right. Especially now where it's hard to find a test now, right? And people don't know where to get tested. And you might be in a long line with people who have COVID. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, I don't feel none of that because there's plenty of places around well, my crib, you know, where there's free testing at. So I didn't feel the, the sting of that. Oh, we definitely, I, I mean, I definitely felt the sting of uh, not COVID testing over in Indiana. I had to actually go to the hospital and we, me and my wife had to wait a couple hours because we couldn't find a place. There was a lot more places I'd say a year ago um, for COVID testing. But when we went this time, we couldn't find any place. We had to straight up go to the hospital and kind of wait in this long ass line. No, I'm just saying, yeah, but where I'm at, there's a, you know, this place is all over here. Going so, do, so do you believe if they brought back testing and temperature checks, you could be safer at your job. Yeah, because then at least you know we can catch uh, some of the some of the cases. You know what I'm saying, and get people, you know, quarantined if they need to be. Okay. Are the transmissions happening at work? A lot of them breaking out. A lot of people catching it up there. I don't have much of a social life, so it's likely that I contracted it from work. <laughs> we had that. Did you do you guys remember that tornado drill that they did? Where they had yeah. everybody huddle, you know, uh, everybody's huddled in the storm areas. Uh, there was no social distancing going on. They didn't even tell us that it was a drill. They just kind of told us to get to the storm area. Oh, we're having a tornado. We're, we're acting like it's a tornado. Get there. And then they never mentioned it was a drill, like, publicly. They just said, basically, get back to work. Like, thanks. You know, it, it, a tornado just did hit a warehouse downstate. We appreciate you yelling fire in the middle of the theater i'm glad you brought that up drew because i got i gotta at least mention this a little bit because that really when that when that when that tornado happened at that plant and then we all knew that what was coming a couple days later i felt like they called us all in maybe i don't know if it was two or three or four days later but it was something like that and they showed us this two or three minute video with no sounds and then they kind of talked about it and they showed us another two or three minute video, like no sound. I actually thought it was the, one of the most pathetic, sad things I've ever seen in my life from people that claim to be professionals. 
was that whole explanation of Amazon fought people like they wanted to leave and Amazon fought them from leaving, like, or at least the employees that were there that fought them from leaving, I should say. Just the response from that, I it was like one of the biggest jokes I feel like I've ever seen in my life. And that's saying something. But like I when I I was sitting next to Kevin and I feel like another people and and a couple other people and just sitting there and like after after Amazon like Amazon and management told people not to leave like at this specific plant, otherwise they would be fired. But like and then people died. They came back to us and showed us this like whack ass two minute video that had subtitles and no sound. It was one of the most, I felt like it to me, it was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen like from management, any sort of company that I've ever worked at. I don't know what you guys thought about it, but. Well, since we're on this subject of like safety, okay. And I'm OSHA certified, so I do understand safety. What I'd have to say is, at the beginning of the year, they were trying to take our cell phones from us. And we seen with this tornado wiping out this Amazon facility that people with their cell phones being able to call for help save their lives. You know, so it's very important. Yeah, they did not reinstate the cell phone ban that they had in place. I, I can speak, you know, another shameless plug for my media involvement was I did interview with uh, CBS News, their website about uh, this topic, uh, because what I pointed out, which is the most important thing that I think people need to remember when you're talking about the Amazon situation is you have like football f- field size facilities, right? Or multiple football fields. Uh, and you don't have any way to communicate with everybody centrally. There's no, there are like, there's no central PA system you can get on and say, everybody get to the tornado area right now, or everybody, there's a fire you have basically people running around the facility saying, oh, you know, relying on people with bullhorns running around the facility, running, you know, being runners. Sorry, that, that, that's the important thing, I think, is that there's no means of communication. Well, going back to automated, Drew, Drew, going back to, you know, a, a near future, I mean, isn't that, isn't that a concern at all? I mean, that's my concern. You know, the technology, the speed that it's going at, man, I'm, you know, I'm starting to get a little concerned about it. So something I would point out is that there are a lot of robotic facilities already, and we've seen where automation's going, right? So we've seen how they're going to shave down the workforce. That's why, to me, it's, you know, you have, in the near future, they may start automating, you know, and they may revamp these systems. But I also feel like, you know, it's even more important to protect the workers at the robotics facilities because that's where the safety rates are the worst. That's where yeah. you have the most injuries because it's so fast. So I think it's even more important that you have worker power in those places. Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, because they're, they're, I hear from people that work in robotics and they do, they have, they have incredibly high rates. They have to work. They have, you know, we all have to work, right? But you know, you know how the company pushes us. At least, sure, you know, sure. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And at least we, if we can form some sort of uh, collective voice for everybody, we can have a say about the automation. Like, do they just come in and knock us out at, at our Joliet facility? Or do they, you know, do we have a say in that, you know, hey, it's going to take five or 10 or 15 years to phase this out. So, right. you know, make, make sure that, you know, you, you're prepared for that.
I do got a question for Drew. Um, approval, I was I was reading some articles and approval for unions is that actually at a 60 year high. Um, it's actually, from what I read, it's at around, approval ratings at around 68%. And we, 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 and we had talked about Bessemer is actually gonna be on the uh, re-voting for their union um, coming up here in the next month. What should Amazon employees expect from what's gonna happen or what, what could be happening from this union push? Well, I think in and of itself, the fact that they're gonna do a, do a rerun of the election, that establishes that Amazon did break the law and they need to abide by the laws you know, of these elections. But I am interested to see how the effects of one, the last election, where if you read what people from Bessemer are saying, there are people that are saying that, you know, from the facility that said that they didn't like what the experience of the election was. They felt like they were kind of misled. So they're going to, you know, be voting the other direction. Um, and also there's been some, there was at least one very, uh, maybe two, but there was one very tragic incident where somebody didn't have sufficient UPT and so they began feeling sick. And when they went to HR, they were told if they, you know, use their, if they went home, they'd use UPT. So they decided to keep working and they had a stroke and died. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you want to talk, I mean, that's, that's crazy that that's just, you know, how it works, you know, that you don't, you don't have some kind of mechanism to say that, no, I'm sick. I can't work. Like, so that happened in Bessemer. So I want to see how those things affect the workers. Cause I think, I think that workers, you know, are, are pretty smart people. You know, I think the main difference between a lot of working people and the billionaires is just the paycheck. You know, they're not, they're, they're, we're all born into different levels, you know, what they can do, you know, Jeff Bezos only got a quarter million dollar loan to start Amazon, right? Like, it wasn't the million Donald Trump got, but you, you get what I'm saying? Like, all right, right, I got you. And I'm all Take for some money to make money. Jeff Bezos since just uh, went to space not that long ago, and he took the oldest man with him <laughs> to ever go to space, <laughs> William Shatner. Shatner did go up with him. I can't he remember. Did. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Well, he thanked us. So, guys, we were thanked. Jeff Bezos thanked us for sending him to space. Yeah. He's like, you yeah, we've... made made me rich as fuck. Yeah, well, what people had yeah. talked about was, um, and it wasn't with. Uh, with Shatner, but with Michael Strahan, that mission was when the when the tornado happened, and yeah. it was kind of I felt like it was in the news. He had talked about you know his mission with Strahan while um, these people were dead, or there was there was a case going on you know in Illinois about or in the about <laughs> the Amazon tornado, and just uh, just his lack of awareness. I mean, if you had if you had people if you own a company, you had people die in your warehouse. You feel like they would, you would comment on, on them, but to just, just ignore it. I don't know. It's, I, I feel like we hear about Amazon in relation to casualties more than other corporations, other than other multinational corporations, yeah. like workers dying in the United States. What other companies have that happening and in the news as regularly as Amazon? Wow. Can't think of any. <laughs> uh, Drew. Mario, he actually listened to your podcast that we did, your first one and stuff. You know, and you, you taught the basically all the listeners a lot because uh, you know, you mentioned like wine garden rights and stuff, uh stewards, you know, and if if the people haven't listened to these podcasts before, like could you briefly go into like uh some of these ways that they could be protected and organized? Drew. I don't also like to add just real quick before Drew goes, um, what can the average Amazon employee 
um, do if they want to get involved, maybe on the end of that. So you have a right to something called wine garden rights in the workplace. If you're in a union, you're entitled to these rights uh, to have a representative of your choosing, usually a union steward, uh, be present during any conversations that could lead to discipline. So um, if your boss comes to you and says, I wanna to talk to you about your performance or anything else, you can say, I want my union steward with me. And that provides you, you know, a protection of some sort. So what they've done in New York that I've read about is they've handed out cards with wine garden rights and the wine garden right, they hand the card to a manager if they try to, to talk to you about something you may be uncomfortable doing. Uh, if you're just starting out though, to Dan's point, I wouldn't recommend invoking your wine garden rights right away. Like we probably want to test that out a little bit with some places where we're stronger and more organized. Um, but if you're just a regular person, or, you know, not wanting just, you don't want to be involved with any of the, the, the general organizer, but you want to help, I would start talking to other people, you know, especially if there's anybody that has put themselves out there as a, you know, a leader for those kinds of things, but also start seeing how your coworkers feel about their wages, their working conditions, and how they feel about it. That's the first start, or that's the first step is you got to get other people involved. You know, other, other people gone, you, you know, you could talk about stuff like that with people, but you got, you got people that's, afraid of getting fired so bad that you don't you know what I'm saying you don't want to they don't want to talk about stuff like that yeah I I understand that and I hear that I so I, what you think like what you think we should do to get through to to people with with things like like that because I'm not scared you know what I'm saying but at my job there's a lot of scary folks like if I talk about stuff like that they're looking at me like you go get us in trouble you know what I'm saying? Well, I think so. I think everybody finds their courage, so to speak, or whatever you want to call it, that you find that from whatever you get you're doing. Uh, I know that my confidence has come from sticking up for myself at work and being able to kind of win those fights, little sometimes just very small ones. Um, right. But I mean, everybody, you have to find, you know, he who dares wins. You have nothing ventured, nothing gained. You know, these are kind of sayings like, and if you're scared, I don't blame you, you know, I mean, it's intimidating what they do, but I can say we're all stronger together. And the more of us that are involved, the stronger our protections are. And the more public you are, the more protected you are. But right. that's, that's the hard part is finding the people that are willing to go public like us. And we we're also the ones that have to kind of help people people get over that too right like yeah that's yeah. why i want to show people uh that one podcast that i um to um you are another guy that was talking but uh, um amazon conflict of interest uh, it might have been that 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 was that was drew yeah oh, okay and um and so the the guy as i let i let other people listen to it and a lot of people was liking it but i'm like how many of the of y'all is gonna like actually start something, you know what I'm saying? Because it ain't enough of us to listen to somebody else say some encouraging stuff and then we don't use the information, you know what I'm saying? To our advantage. Cause we we suffering at this place. Cause I don't see like when I when I see nobody talking about like everybody talk about what's going on, but nobody is saying, okay, what we do, 
Because at the other Amazon, I, I was working at two Amazons. So at the other Amazon I was at, at least we had like a group where we did do stuff. Like we walked, um, when the COVID first started, we walked out. We did like a little walkout. But it Which Amazon like, was that? That was uh, the DCH1 or something like that. Yeah, DCH1 was one they shut down. After yeah, yeah. There were some labor issues there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was that raised a lot of eyebrows. What happened at DCH1? I can say that. Yeah. Justice is slow. Justice is unfairly slow. I'll say that when it comes to these issues, justice is unfairly slow. What, what happened with that one? Well, well, in my situation, that I, you know, my part in it, it was right when the COVID was like doing a lot of things you know what i'm saying it's like early on type of thing too and so um soon as they got to that serious point where they start locking stuff down and stuff like that we was like we should be at home quarantine you know what i'm saying and what nobody because there was cases coming up in there right a lot of them and we wasn't being informed about all of the stuff we was finding out through the grapevine that a person had COVID. And so I was like, so you got us really, like, we don't know if we working and, you know, like we can get it. And then we was like, even if we, you feel like we is not going to kill us, we can be taking it around family members. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I had a pregnant wife at the time. So I was, I was scared for the baby and everything. And so I, mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I, I spent some days where I didn't even go to work. You know what I mean? Cause we had to walk out, like we walked out, and whatever. Cause at, around that time they were saying if you you ain't gonna get fired if you scared of the COVID and you don't come in, you ain't got you ain't got a VTO, you ain't got to put no time in, you ain't got to do none of that. You could just stay at home. And so, but so we we stayed at home. But the thing is, you know, what I'm saying we we was like maybe we should be getting paid too. You know what I mean? And some things should be done because you know they they should be informing people about that. And it shouldn't hurt us, you know, like a, our decision. Ability a robot system or is it a... No, 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 no robots. No, it's a, it's a, it's mostly the blue badges then, from what I can see. Um, people, but it's, all, it's like a few white badges in the building. What does that um, mean? The white badge? Yeah. White badges, uh, that just, that, that means like you knew, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not with Amazon, you like a temp or something. Okay, so that's for the temps. Yeah. And so, so uh so it's uh it's 10 hour days and um the sorry to interrupt. No no we we ain't got we don't we only have mandatory around the peak season. Uh our building is not as big as y'all's and so um but it's it's still like it's hard stuff you know what I'm saying and then it's the way they treat People like you got people peeing in, in bottles because they scared to go to the, the bathroom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Does that happen at your in facility? Your facility? Is that yeah. that happens at your facility? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Ooh. Uh pe people is even peeing in bags, you know. That now that's on them. I'm not gonna blame that on the on the um on Amazon, but I'm, I'm gonna say that if Amazon did. Um, allow people to use the bathroom when they're supposed to. Uh, it'll be a lot better and smoother. And um, you know, yeah, it's just 
you know, they, they do the same thing. They enforce TOT and rate. Are they real strict about that, the TOT and rate? They're strict about everything that they do. <laughs> yeah. uh. People, like, if they know you, you know, it depends on the manager. Some managers might like you, know, for, and that's just the ones that like you. Because you're going to bump, like me, I bump into some that like me, so they they not too strict on me. But then you got managers that, uh, you know, that ain't you, but you're not somebody that's real favorite to them. So they, they're going to be strict on you. You know what I'm saying? You got the rough ones. So you've seen favoritism? Oh. Like certain people, you know what I'm saying? Because you got friends. You got a manager might be friends with a, a regular worker, you know? And uh, so they they let them, you know, get away with certain stuff. And, I, and for me is, I feel like Amazon isn't based on like, any sort of a meritocracy, it's based on favoritism. It's not if you're best qualified for the job, it's if you're friends with the person in charge and they'll help you out. And then if you get in trouble, they'll help you out. And I think that's that's kind of the frustrating part about it is you, you either gotta play the game or you just kind of just gotta laugh at it as it, as it happens around you a little bit. Right now, what I'm always curious about is the direct versus indirect labor split uh, at different facilities, because I know at our facility, the feeling I get is that when you talk about, you know, the people that are in the in crowd, if you will, that get the, you know, that get the assignment, there's no real ways to move up at Amazon, you can, you know, it's more that you move into positions that don't require you to work as physically hard as the direct labor positions. And so those aren't promote, I mean, there's, there's scant promotions for the number of people there. So to be putting all that, you know, to, it, it just seems like that's kind of what they, they're, you're trading off not having, you're not really making much more money in the one step up from being a, a T1, right? So now is that is that what it's like at your facility with the direct and indirect? And do you feel like that's kind of how, if you're gonna say any, I mean, at, I know that they don't have rotations or they didn't really have rotations on jobs. For, and that's just, you know, who's the manager putting, if you know you're gonna rotate people into a department, you know, is there is there an objective rotation? Because I know when I've asked people how they get into those indirect positions, they say, oh, you got to go talk to the managers every day. Like what? How am I going to do that and pick a bunch of items in my first 15 minutes? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But what it's, type of what, what type of picking do, does y'all do? I'm talking about like what? Because there's two different picking these the bags up that you storing the stuff into and I got to put them on a cart like nine of those. And, and then take it and stage it. No, it's different. Okay, that's what I, that's what I want to know. Because the that right there, what I do is like, I think that's worse than what you guys do. But what you guys do is worse for the simple fact that you're doing it for the whole, you're doing it like a lot, for like at least probably eight hours. What what I'm doing, I'm only Ten doing hours. that. 10 hours. Oh, you do it. You, you pick Six the days a week. Tip. Six days a week, yeah. Oh, so you do nothing but pick, basically. Oh, okay. I pretty much exclusively pick because it's great for my diabetes and my blood sugar to do all the walking, you know, like seriously it is, but I don't consider that compensation either. Just because it's great for you physically doesn't mean you, you should have to work for that, you know, it, oh, you get paid to work out. Yeah, but not nearly enough. Well, and when you're healthy, when you're getting your health right, it does help to get a massive amount of exercise. 
and it's sure. hard to work. It's hard to to kind of keep that pace up when you work out outside of work, is what I've found. You get a real stick. You get you get a real bug up your ass walking around for Amazon. You're doing it for six days. You know, sixty hours. It could it could wear and tear on your body. I feel like when I hear about injuries at Amazon, it's always stuff that reminds me of what I, the types of injuries I would hear about with baseball players or golfers or tennis players, you know, people that do one thing repetitively. Yeah, let, let me, can I make a commentary? I mean, about what we're doing, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I am 38, yes. Okay. You know, I, I'm 52, you know. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of us are at Amazon for a variety of reasons. You know, we're all different stories in the building, you know, and I think for a lot of us, slightly older ones. I don't know. I, you know, I'm just hoping to stay here as long as I can, you know, um, make as much as I can while I can, you know, uh, the physicalness of the job is uh, it's been good for me. You know, I, I've lost weight too. Um, I've lost 40 pounds, you know, <laughs> and I feel better now that I'm 50 than I was when I was in my 40s for sure, you know. Mm. Um, from Amazon, you know, I was hoping to maybe this would be my last job, um, but I don't think so, you know. I like what you're saying, you know, uh, but I don't know where I'm going to go with Amazon. I really don't know, you know. If they pay more, if they, you know, give you benefits as if like uh, give you your breaks, <laughs> you know, not manage every minute you do, you know, if they let you pick a department and not just say you're Amazonian so I could send you anywhere in this building, you know, people, people at a facility to do that job. That's like if you're a police officer and they're like, uh, we don't really have too many fire department guys. You're now you're the fire department. We need shit. you to run into that flaming house. Yeah, exactly. It's like whoa. Every place will be uh, better if they just act right. Shit, any place, will, any workplace. Yeah, Amazon just they bulldogs when it comes to how they doing. You know what I'm saying? Because they they stick firm to what they they don't care how what you're trying to say. They try to they try to stick to what they said in the first place and just have you doing that shit. Well, like John was saying, we all want you to be a superhero for real. Like they got the little picture now and and shit. Cause I start seeing that little picture talking about like, we, we are superheroes. I'm like thinking to myself, motherfucker, I'm a, I'm a human being and shit. I'm not gonna be running around this motherfucker like a, a chicken with his head cut off shit. We are shit. scanning that, you know, storing. And this motherfucker gonna tell me you, you're hitting the recommended uh, you know, number, but basically telling me, should I, you know, to go faster or something? I'm like, what's well, no? Nah. I'm like, what's well, here? If I'm doing that, then I'm good. And then I had an injury on my foot too. So I showed him my little brace. His ass got up out of there. <laughs> he stopped talking to me. I'm like, yeah, get your ass up out of here. I'm not finna scan no faster, nigga. You had, you had an injury? Yeah, I had, my foot was fucked up. Cause you I had, acquired it, you acquired it from Amazon? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was from there because I was walking on that motherfucker every day. And the doctor, I went to a foot doctor, he said I got flat feet. So he's like, uh, that's just something that's gonna happen when if you if you put too much, you know, he's like, you ain't never you ain't never walked on it that much. Uh, I'm like, 
Well, it didn't never bother me until now because I'm like, I ain't never did nothing like Amazon. You know, how many miles do you walk? The whole day I'm on my stuff anyway because we, I do two things. I, I, um, we, we, uh, store for like eight hours, eight or seven hours. And then the rest of that, we, uh, pick it every day. Yeah. So that, and that's, so it's 10 hours all together. So you guys break it up though. 2015 outlining how they recommended people rotate uh if you continue to have people do stuff 10 hours a day poses a significant risk anything yeah anything absolutely anything you do for 10 hours a day is gonna wear and tear on your elbows your your joints all that stuff when i think about it there was a and they actually lost um i believe 70 30 but they're about to have another vote coming up here in the next month or two. Um, I like to just get get Drew's reaction to it. Um, if it's if you're expecting it to change, if you expect that it's going to stay the same or whatever you whatever, however you feel about it, I guess. Yeah. I believe factoring in the way that the company treated the employees in the first election as well as the safety issues, including the man that died because he didn't have enough UPT, plus throw in the fact that the union and the people organizing that will be able to go door to door and have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. Uh, they did not do that during the first uh, the first run through. And that's that's the like secret trick or like that's, that's a way that when you can get people one-on-one -on -one in a comfortable situation, you can really kind of get through uh, whether it's asking them for a vote on a political campaign or asking them for a vote for a union, when you can get people into that comfortable, safe kind of environment, uh, you know, they'll, they'll really open up. And that's when you can really, you know, address the concerns, you know, uh, like I always feel bad when I can't give a solid answer on like why to help right now. But uh, all I ask is that people stay tuned and keep the conversation going. Exactly. And I think they're going to be able to do that down in Bessemer and really uh, they've kept the conversation going with the NLRB lawsuit or with the NLRB ruling. And I know that I've been in contact with people down there and they're still they still they're still excited. You know, they're getting a rerun on February 4th as when the voting starts and they're going to they're going to try it again. Uh, no telling two to one margin is hard to beat. If that was a political campaign, it would be a tough, tough one to sort of handicap, if you will, like get overcoming a two to one margin is tough, but I don't know. I believe in miracles did shift to a win. It would be for the reasons I've kind of cited. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The more time you have to build up your workers and, you know, and get them out all on the same page, the better, because it can take a long, the, the fear everybody's mentioned about getting fired. That's the real obstacle to, to all of it. I think. Yeah. Thought of the unions uh, were a way for the average person to have some measure of protection in the work environment. I'd say for 5,000 years, whether you were a slave, a peasant, or a field hand, whatever you were, working conditions were pretty bad, right? Um, finally, we had those labor union wars, those labor wars, I, I think, where people fought and to get to the work conditions where we're at right now. I don't think we should give up on the idea of collective, you know, bargaining 
with a union, you know, people backing you up. I think maybe we need to reform them, but I don't think whatever they Agreed. do is written in stone, but it has to be redone. But I, I don't think you should give all the power to the employer. Well, you know, may I, I, I drew comments that I actually, I, I agree with you 100%, 100%. All right, go ahead, Drew, sorry. Well, I would point out while you're talking, you know, when you're talking about reform and sort of changing within the unions, I've seen signaling of that at the meta level for some of these um, major international unions. For instance, the United Automobile Workers just shifted to a more democratic voting system internally, a one person, one vote system that did not exist. Stuff like that was just patently unfair for the membership of the unions. But there's, it's signaling that the membership is kind of steering the direction of the organization now, not necessarily the leaders. Uh, another instance is that the Teamsters recently had an election for their international president, I believe. Uh, and there was a slate that was backed by the former regime, you know, Hoffa, you know, the old, the famous name. And, yeah. you know, the, the, it came in pretty much like a landslide for the reform ticket. So just, you know, when we talk about that, I, I just wanted to inject that too, that that does seem to be happening, you know, in, in pretty demonstrable ways. So I think that's a good thing. The members should be running the union, right? Our right is to self-organization, which is to say we, we have some say, whether it's union or non-union, to all stick together and strike or walk out or do whatever, uh, to protect our interests, but we all have to do it together. That's the biggest thing. Whether you're, whether it's a union or not, if you're going to use those laws to your advantage, it all it has to be collective action. So, how how do you feel like Amazon should change from what it is now? Do you have anything specific or general or anything mm -hmm. of the sort? How do you feel like Amazon should better itself from what it is today? What do you think is the number one thing? Well, like I said, you know, everybody approaches Amazon a little different, you know. Sure. My approach is a little different. Um, uh, I'm hoping I have longevity there, you know, that's all. That's all. Uh, I don't like the, uh, the trip wires, booby traps, landmines. I don't like it. I don't like, uh, in the beginning, you know, when you're first starting to learn, learn how to stow, you're going to make mistakes, you know. And when you made those mistakes, you know, you were always under the impression that you were going to get fired, you know. Uh, didn't like that feeling, you know, coming to work, worried about it, you know, um, coming back to work the next morning, worried about it, you know. Too many little little silly things, you know. Training is not training. It's like, you know, push a few buttons, do. You know, you kind of learn things as you do them, you know. Um, I think that's why there's such a high turnover rate. I think it's meant to be that way, you know. Um, so for me, I, I, you know, work hard and get it done. That's it. You know, um, I haven't had any issues yet. You know, I don't know if I get into some type of issue with my job with Amazon, how it's going to ultimately treat me. You know, um, I know that I'm treading lightly. <laughs> I know that. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, all of us, you know, in general, you know what I'm saying? All of us, tread, we're treading lightly. I mean, for the smallest infractions, you know, um, yeah. I don't like that, you know. Um, I mean, you can't um, consider building a future with it, you know, if we're all treading lightly, you know. Um, 
of course you can get another job paying you 20 bucks now of course uh, you know now there seems to be a dime a dozen you know at least it's coming up to be that way you know but i'm here you know and this is where i'm making my stand and yeah sometimes i'm uncomfortable with the idea that you know we could lose our jobs very easily you know point systems and you know you're coming in a minute late you know uh, you know yeah, I, I don't. I don't like it like that. I, mean, I, I wish that it was. I, I wish I had more security in my job. I wish I was more comfortable. You know, yeah, I wish I was more at ease. Yeah, we're not saying anything wrong. I mean, you know, shop talk, man. You know, couple of couple of guys' opinions, right? So, Drew, you were just on. Uh, I I just seen an article with you in there, Drew, uh, on NBC. Yeah, NBCnews.com reported on people's COVID experiences. And I had a quote saying that Amazon's kind of taken the human out of human resources. What we discussed earlier about how hard it is to get your COVID leave. You know, it's not that it's impossible, but it's certainly a hassle for everybody involved, right? Like you had to go to the hospital to get a test. I had to do something similar to jump, you know, jump through the hoops and I still haven't been paid, you know. Uh, but those the, that press involvement does seem to be able to help turn the dial a little bit. And right now, there's so many people talking to the press. Um, I, I'm kind of reappearing, you know, multiple times. But there's a lot of people that do. If you watch the circles of all the, the leaders, you know, in, in the United States of the different labor movements, they're all uh, or the different, you know, areas like the Amazon Labor Union and Bessemer. Uh, they're all doing press appearances as well, because it's a way to bring to light uh, the issues that we're facing and get Amazon to kind of change. Look at the the cell phone ban. We were able to kind of turn the dial on that. And that that seemed to get some confidence going at our facility, too, that we might be able to make a difference. So, Drew, where, where can they find you at? My TikTok is uh, Dr. Dre Dusen, D-R-D-R-E. D-U-Z-I-N, and I post regularly about my adventures, you know, with Amazon uh, and my passion for workers and, and workers' rights and workers' issues. So it's been a springboard for a lot of the issues that we've talked about on the podcast as well. So a lot of the, a lot, some of these conversations have roots in those, in those pod or in those TikToks. CBS News mentioned my TikTok as well. So that's a nice, didn't really get me many more followers, but you know, I'm trying to go live so I can do a, a format that says I'm an Amazon worker, ask me anything. John, um, you got anything to say before we end this stuff? Man, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Um, you know, just listening, man. I mean, um, Drew, I really appreciate everything that you're doing, man. I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to pay close attention to you, man. Uh, I mean, I, I do expect you to be uh, a pundit on, on, on these shows, you know, to see you to doing it, you know, to come from the podcast and directly in the, in the camera. I think you got your shit together, man. Yeah, I, I like what you're standing for. Uh, I mean, overall, my overall synopsis of, you know, people like you, we need people like you, absolutely. You know, despite what you may hear, what other people say, keep on, keep on, man. Thank you very much. You know what? You know part of the reason I'm doing this? I want everybody to know we live in the United States of America, not the United States of Amazon, okay? We got a right to stick together and speak up and, and get the things that we want and need out of our workplaces. 
Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it so much. John, Dan, Mario, thank you guys very much. All right, man. You guys have a good one.